The book of Revelation is a confusing book to many. However, all of the symbolism, the beast, and the visions, they're really meant to be understood. So I'm going to focus on one particular aspect of this intriguing book, which should help answer some of those perplexing questions on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I want to welcome all of you back. And I want to kind of set the tone for today's program because I'm going to be going through some very detailed aspects of the book of Revelation, trying to unlock some things because it can be confusing if you have some locks on some certain uh aspects of your understanding of the book of Revelation, but all it takes is a little key to unlock a big door, right? So hopefully that's what we're going to be able to do today. I'm going to be answering a question, and it will take me an hour to do so, uh, from a, a guy that wrote in an email to us, and the question that we're going to be answering is concerning the 24 elders and the fact that they are there in chapter 4, Revelation 4, before the seals are opened. So the question is, because at at the sixth and seventh seal, that's the second coming in the battle of Armageddon, right? When, if you believe in a post-tribulation rapture, that's when the rapture occurs. If you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, most pre-tribulation rapture believers believe that the rapture happened in Revelation 4.1. And that's why they say, well, hey, the, the elders, or the, which are the saints, are in Revelation 4.1 prior to the rapture. So the question is, how are they, quote-unquote, the elders, the saints, are they, how are they there if the rapture hasn't taken place yet? That's one question. And how are they there how there can be anyone um, of the saints in heaven prior to the rapture having happened. So, that's the question. And I, I knew it was going to be a very detailed lesson here. It's going to be Bible Study 101 today. We're going to walk down through here and I'm going to prove, I'm going to unlock some of these things for you to help you understand the book of Revelation. I'm not going to go, we've, we've talked many times about that book of Revelation not being in chronological order. You try to understand it from that perspective, you're going to be totally messed up, okay? In what John is seeing here, and I'm going to, I'll get detailed into some of these things as we go through them, so let's just dive off into it. What you have to understand is that when John sees the visions from Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 22, he is seeing 
the future. He's seeing visions of heaven, events that will take place setting the stage or that took place setting the stage for future events. He also sees the second coming of Jesus Christ over, and he he recounts the event over and over and over again. And he also um, sees the culmination of the human experience after the great white throne of judgment. So there's really a lot to the book of Revelation. But he sees these future events. He's given us vision. John, come up hither and I will show you things that will be hereafter. But it does not say that these events will be in chronological order. This is very important. Because he may show the the elders or the saints in Revelation 4 and 5, but then yet show an account of the rapture and the second coming uh, two or three chapters later. And you would think, well, hey, there's a pre-tribulation rapture, right? But then... Later on in the chapter, he may say that these are saints and that they will be in heaven and giving their rewards and giving their crowns at the time of the first resurrection. When is the rapture? So if you look at it back then, you, then like in, i.e. Um, Revelation chapter 20, where they, they, um, the ones who had came through the great tribulation, this is Revelation 20, verse 4, 5, and 6, ones that have come through the great tribulation, they went in the first rapture, uh, they went in the first resurrection, which is the rapture, and they were ruled and reigned as kings and priests with him for a thousand years. That's the same thing the elders are going to do in Revelation chapter 4. And so if you look at it from a pre-tribulation rapture theory, with that perspective, you're going to be really confused by the time you get back to chapter 19 and 20. Okay? Because that's when the marriage supper of the Lamb occurs and, uh, and then Revelation 20 happens. So, I wanted to kind of clear this up because I can understand the confusion in the email that we received from one gentleman. And I thought, you know what, if he's got this issue, there's probably a lot of other people that do as well. And so I wanted to help everybody walk through this and find out who the elders are, what the saints are, when they receive a crown when they become uh, kings and priests with the Lord, when does all that happen? How, how can we uh, figure all this stuff out? In, in walking through some of this, this is also very important. I talked to Irvin Baxter, my late father-in-law, year, years ago about this because I was confused about some of the book of Revelation as well. Hey, what about this? You know, this, uh, this would actually prove a, a pre-tribulation rapture to some people. He would say, no, Dave. He said, what you've got to understand, number one, when you're studying a topic in the Bible, told me this over and over and over, you've got to look at every verse pertaining to that topic. You can't just hang your hat on one verse and then say, well, hey, this is what the Bible says, we're going with that. That is true. But you might get two or three chapters over and there's another clue to that and you go, oh my goodness, I didn't even look at it like that. So it's, it's important that you understand, you look at, look at and understand all the verses pertaining to that topic. And then sometimes you have to look at it and say, what, is, what does this not mean? Because it will, that a verse over in Revelation will not contradict 
something in Matthew 24. Or it will not contradict something in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Because the Bible doesn't contradict itself. That would be confusing. God is not the author of confusion. So sometimes you got to look at it and say, I know, I, I know what it looks like, but I know what it, it's not saying. And so that helps me to figure these things out. So I, I know I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm just kind of setting the tone for what's coming because it's going to be a very detailed answer. We'll get to it when we get back to the break. I'll dive off into it, hopefully help to unlock some of these um, kind of a, a questionable uh, things. They're not questionable in my eyes, but if you don't understand them, they could be kind of confusing. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time Message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Before we get into this detailed answer of um, the elders in verse uh, chapter 4 and 5 and the saints and everything, I have to announce that this coming Saturday night and Sunday night, be January 8th and 9th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. both nights, I will be doing my first prophecy conference this year in right here in Garland at our church at 502 Beltline Road. That's North Cities. And Saturday night I'll be teaching on um, the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom, how it's already here, and they're trying to implement it here in the United States. We'll be going over many efforts of them trying to push that here in the, in, throughout the world Socialism sweeping the world, what it's all about, letting us know we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you've got to come and see the clips. You've got to see everything, all the information, awesome stuff. So be a great lesson Saturday night, Sunday night, same place, North Cities, 
502 Beltline Road right here in Garland. And I'll be teaching Breaking Prophecy News. Many things going on in the world right now letting us know we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you need to know about it. Bring your friends and family. They need to understand what's going on and how close we are. And things are really moving at quite the rapid pace. And you're going to want to know about it. So um, I'll see you this coming Saturday night, 6 to 8. This coming Sunday night, 6 to 8. North Cities, 502 Beltline Road in Garland. Okay. So the seven seals, seven trumpets and seven vials themselves in the book of Revelation, one through seven, each one, they are in chronological order. So you, the first seal, World War I, then World War II, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, um, the fourth seal, the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, the process of globalization, speeding up of time. The Iraq war with Saddam Hussein in 1991, and then the sixth seal will be the sixth trumpet war, the World War III, and then the second coming of Jesus Christ. They're in order. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seals, trumpets, and vials are that way. But not the parenthetical chapters that are mingled within those accounts. And that's one thing you've got to understand here because the first account of the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's four accounts of the second coming, the unveiling of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. That's what the whole book of Revelation is about, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. The first account is chapter 4 through chapter 8, verse 5. And if you can understand that the seals, they're in that account, that's chapter 6, and eight, but there's parenthetical chapters that are in there as well. They're not in. They can be. They can, it's just a vision of the future that John sees. And so you've got. That's why I'm saying you got to kind of dissect it out and understand what's going on. Really quick, Revelation chapter one verse nineteen. Very critical scripture in the book of Revelation. John was told to write in this book. John, here's what I want you to write. Write the things which you have seen, a vision. Write the things which are on the earth at the time of, that John was on the Isle of Patmos and the things which will be hereafter. Chapters 1 is a vision John had seen, the things that thou hast seen, and chapters 2 and 3 are the things which are. They were seven letters written to seven churches on the earth back in John's day. 2,000 years ago. That's chapters 1, 2, and 3. Then in chapter 4, we move with the Apostle John into the future. And we study the things which shall be hereafter. Now, in Revelation 4, 1, John said, After this I looked, and behold, a door. It was opened in heaven, and a voice, which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, Hey, John, come up hither. Because I'm going to, now it's chapter 4, I'm going to show you things which will be hereafter. From Revelation 4 to 22, that's just a vision of the future. Doesn't have to be in in chronological order. He can show the saints in chapter 4, the saints in chapter 7, the saints in chapter 12, the saints in chapter 19. It can show saints all the way out through there. Because it's not in chronological order, okay? 
So John, John 4, 1, John enters the prophetic portion of the book of Revelation. Saw a door opened in heaven. Finds himself ushered into the heavenlies. Now, and picture this in your mind. One question we need to ask, was he taken into heaven physically? Or was he taken there spiritually? Well, the fact is, it really doesn't matter. Because the result of the visions that he saw was the same, right? A lot of people get hung up on some of these things. No, he went physically. No, he went spiritually. It's, 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 it's irrelevant. Because the visions that he saw, that's what, we, that's what we were given in the book, right? That's what we're supposed to understand. The Apostle Paul mentioned a man, if you remember, who had a similar experience. Uh, he recorded it back in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2 and 4, 2 through 4. He said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. Such an one was caught up into the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell, but God knows. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So, is it possible that, ta- that Paul was talking about the Apostle John? Paul said this man heard things that was not lawful for him to utter or to speak, right? Well, this happened to the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 10. He heard the seven thunders utter their voices, but he was not allowed to write what the seven thunders said. Do you remember? The book of Revelation is written in symbols. Okay? So, however, these symbols, they are meant to be understood by putting the scriptures together. You can understand these things. So, the Bible says, God would speak to us line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. It's back in Isaiah 28, 10 and 11. So that's what we have to do. We have to look at the symbol. Then we have to go look at all the scriptures. Well, I, there, hey, there was a scripture back in Ezekiel when it talks about the, um, the four creatures in Revelation chapter 4. Well, it would be kind of hard to understand what they were unless you look back at Ezekiel and said, hey, I saw you when you were standing by the river Chebar, and I know what those things were. Those were cherubim. And they were the same symbols used in Revelation chapter 4. So we know that those are cherubim, or a a, a, um, level of angels. So they're meant to be understood, but you've got to tie all the scriptures, line upon line, precept upon precept, to find out what they mean. Revelation 4.1. Was that the rapture? You know, when in the words that were spoken to John in Revelation 4.1, it says, hey, come up hither. So some say, well, hey, that's speaking about the rapture. Come up hither. And they say that must be the rapture because they claim the church is not seen in the book of Revelation after Revelation 4.1. Well, you know, is is that belief true? No, 
As a matter of fact, it's not true. The church has seen many times. I did a program uh, a couple, uh, maybe a year or so ago, how the churches, the church, the saints, are mentioned 16 times in the book of Revelation after after Revelation 4.1. The church is seen all the way back toward the end of Revelation in chapter 19. Revelation 19.7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife have made herself ready. So we find ourselves in Revelation 19, and the marriage of the bride to Jesus Christ has not taken place yet. All the way over 19. The fact of the matter is, is that the bride is the church. You know, the Bible says that um, the Antichrist made war against the saints. The saints is the church. So, the bride's the saints. The bride is the church. I mean, throughout the Bible, the Lamb is Jesus Christ. And at the time of the rapture, the bride, which is the church, will be married to Jesus Christ. Verse 7 says the marriage of the Lamb is come. It's Revelation uh, 19.7. So the belief that the bride, which is the church, does not appear in the rest of the book of Revelation, that's simply inaccurate and is based on a false understanding. What am I doing? I'm showing you that the, the book of Revelation jumps around and you've got to tie all of them together to make sure you get the understanding to these things. So, Revelation 4.1, it can't be the rapture. You've got to ask yourself, what can this not be? Because it's not the rapture. Well, we see that Revelation 4, it's not the rapture, but it is the beginning of the prophetic portion of the book of Revelation. In Revelation 4, verses 2 and 3, John said, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne, and he that sat and he that sat thereon was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. So, you know, unless you're driving, close your eyes and visualize this scene with me. John is ushered into the heavenlies, either physically or spiritually, we don't know. But he saw a throne in heaven. Again, he's just seeing the future. One set on the throne. The one on the throne had the appearance like a jasper and a sardine stone. The rainbow round about the throne looked like an emerald. And we'll learn about the one who sat on the throne, you know, probably in some other lessons, but we know that that's Jesus Christ. And... But it's going to talk about it. When you go into from one, there's not later on in the book of Revelation three sitting on 14 thrones. No, there's one throne and one that sits on the throne. But when you talk about the 24 elders, that's the question we're wanting to answer today. The Bible says, And round about the throne were four and 20 seats. And upon the seats I saw four and 20 Elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had heads on their heads, crowns of gold. That's Revelation 4 4. Now, very important. John is seeing a vision of the future. 
Not the way heaven necessarily was when he was here on the earth. He was seeing a vision of the future because I'm going to talk to you in a little while and prove to you that we're given crowns and we're given judgment and we're kings and priests of heavens of the of God's kingdom at the time of his second coming. But John is just seeing a vision of the future here. And then he'll, he'll get to the accounts of the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, and he'll give those. Boom, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then he'll give it again and again. But in the parenthetical portions of it, it's not in chronological order. I'm going to show you if I get time that there is an account in the book of Revelation where from one verse to another it jumps 2,000 years. So you've got to understand it jumps back and forth. You can't look at it as, well, this is now and then that's going to be later in the parenthetical parts. Now, again, the book of Revelation is written in symbols. Now, when we're talking about the elders here and the crowns on their head and everything, but they are symbols that can be understood by bringing all the scriptures together. So the 24 elders, they're clothed in white and given crowns of gold, right? Well, the reason they were given crowns is because these 24 elders are going to rule, not ruling as kings and priests 2,000 years ago when John was here, but they're going to rule and reign as kings and priests with Jesus in his kingdom once it is established here on the earth. This is very important when you're trying to figure out Why are those guys mentioned in Revelation 4 prior to the accounts of the second coming, right? John is simply seeing a vision of the future. What does the white raiment mean? We need to understand, well, who are these guys? Revelation 7, 13 through 14 reveals the answer to that. It says, And one of the elders said unto me, John, what are these that are arrayed in white robes, and where'd they come from? And I said unto him, You know, I don't know, you know. And he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, the 24 elders were wearing white robes because they had been washed in the blood of the Lamb. They had been cleansed and had been given the righteousness which only comes from Jesus Christ through his blood. The only way anyone can stand before God without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, which is what the Bible says that we will do, is not to have our own righteousness. We must be washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm explaining to you that the elders will have been washed in that blood as well. The elders are part of the saints that will be given immortal bodies at the time of the second coming. But it's in Revelation chapter 4. Because John. Whether it's is a global pandemic, them. threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. 
It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So this is why it is important that you understand the symbolism of the book of Revelation. I, I just heard in a commercial where um, they're advertising Irvin Baxter's Revelation commentary series, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ. He covers a lot of this symbolism in that series and what that means. So... Think of this symbolically. What are these elders? What are they symbolizing? The elders sat around the throne in white robes because they had been washed by the blood of the Lamb. If you look over one chapter in Revelation 5, verse 8 through 10, it tells us that the 24 elders were redeemed by the Lamb, which means they had partaken of the salvation of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps. You'll see that later in Revelation 14. Had every one of them harps, golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. By thy blood out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. There it is. When are we made kings and priests? Remember Revelation 20. You got to tie all these scriptures together. We're made kings and priests at the first resurrection, which is at the time of the rapture. And the Bible says we shall reign on the earth. So we know... The 24 elders are part of the redeemed and they will reign as kings and priests with Jesus on the earth. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't enter and see the kingdom of God. So these have been partakers of the salvation of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Now, the scriptures also tell us that the 24 elders will be part of the first Resurrection. This is very, very important because 
John saw a vision of the future of the 24 elders in heaven. How does he see that? Before the second coming in the second coming in the sixth and seventh seal, the seventh trumpet and the seventh vial. How does he see that? Because this is the parenthetical portion and he's seeing a vision out through there. So he could see a vision of the elders and the saints in heaven. And then later on in the book of Revelation, see another account of the second coming on down the road. It, it can jump back and forth like that. And you've got to understand that. So the scripture tells us the 24 elders will be part of the first resurrection. In Revelation 20, verse 4 through 6, John said, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them. Now, very important. Remember this right here. Because it says, I saw them that sat on the thrones. Judgment was given unto them. Remember Revelation 4. John sees it again. He saw 12 seats and elders sitting on them with gold crowns, right? But now we're back in 20 and they're given another count. And it says, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received their mark in their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years was finished. But the ones that he's referring to earlier, this is the first resurrection. So the elders that are in Revelation 4, how can they be mentioned again in Revelation 20? Because John is simply seeing a vision of things that will happen in the future. The Lord told John, write the things which you have seen, the things which are the churches, the seven churches 2,000 years ago, and then I'm going to show you things that will be in the future. Not necessarily in order. You understand? If you try to put all of it from Revelation 4 to 22 in order, you're going to have Jesus Christ coming back four times. That's why it's understand. That's why you need to understand that, hey, he can mention the the uh, elders in chapter 4, verse 1, and then say, but yet they're included in the first resurrection. Then it says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ. Remember, the Bible says the elders will be kings and priests and shall reign with him a thousand years. So, This passage describes those who will be partakers in the first resurrection. Then it says they are the ones who will reign with Christ for a thousand years. However, chapter 4 says the elders will rule and reign with Jesus Christ. So from these scriptures, we can clearly see that all who are in the first resurrection will rule and reign with Jesus Christ during his 1,000 year reign upon the earth. The first resurrection takes place at the end of the Great Tribulation. Chapter 4, verse 1 doesn't change that. It's simply saying, John, come up hither. I'm going to show you the things that are going to be hereafter. I'm going to show you the future. Verse 4 says, I saw the souls of them. This is in uh, chapter 20, verse 4. I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. They didn't take the mark or worship the beast. 
They are the ones who live and reign with Christ for the thousand years. This is the first resurrection. So the 24 elders will reign with Jesus on the earth during his kingdom soon to come. John saw a vision of that, just of the, what would happen in the future, in Revelation 4.1. In Daniel 7, 21 and 22. Another, there's another account of this. It reveals more information about the kingdom of God who will reign as kings and priests. He said, I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the ancient of days comes. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then it says, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. Not Judgment was not given to the saints prior to that. It was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. The, the elders are part of the saints. During the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist will make war against the saints until the Ancient of Days, Jesus Christ returns. And at that time, that's when the judgment's going to be given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So let me summarize here. Because you can say, wow, Dave, you've been jumping back and forth. You have to. You've got to tie all these things in with it. If, all the verses, if you're going to understand, you've got to lay it all out to understand that John is simply seeing a vision of the future. So the elders are redeemed. The 24 elders are robed in white. They are washed in the blood of the Lamb. They're, the elders will rule and reign in the kingdom of God. Um, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So there were 12 apostles in the New Testament church. There were 12 heads of the tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. Ephesians 2, 19 through 20. It says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, okay, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the 24 elders, it appears, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Look at the new Jerusalem. We know from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, that the church is the bride of Christ. Paul said to the Corinthian church, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. In Revelation 21, 9 through 10, when it talks about the new Jerusalem, John was told, hey, John, come hither. I'm going to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. He carried me away into the spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Earlier in the chapter, John called the city, he saw the new Jerusalem. And this passage tells us that the new Jerusalem is the bride, which is the church. Now, describing the new Jerusalem, we're told that there are 12 foundations and 12 gates. The names of the 12 apostles are written on the 12 foundations. The names of the 12 tribes of Israel are written on the 12 gates. And so from these things we can conclude that the 24 elders are representative of the New Jerusalem 
the church. And remember, we're built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. So again, I know it's a lot of information, but I mean, if, if we were in a Bible study, we might take two or three Bible studies to go over the whole thing. But the question we are answering today is concerning the 24 elders and the fact that they are there in chapter 4 before the seals are opened. Remember, the book of Revelation is not written in chronological order. And once you understand that, who the elders are, once you understand that and who the elders are, and when they are given judgment at the time of the second coming, and that John is simply being given a future, it helps to answer that question. So, John is seeing a vision of future events, but not in chronological order. That's the main point here. Now, before I give you another example of this, let's walk through it real quick. Revelation chapter 4.1, John sees the elders. Then in, in 5, there was one, John, in other words, John sees um, one sitting on the throne, then he sees the elders, he sees the, the four living creatures, which were um, cherubim, angels. Then he goes over into 5, and he said, but I need to show you something else. He's showing him a vision here. Before we get to the seals, but it's going to include the account of the, this is the first account from 4 to chapter 8, verse um, down through 5, 1 and 5, includes the first account of the unveiling of Jesus Christ. The seals are in there, but there are also explanatory chapters around that. So John says, I saw a vision. I saw one that sat on the throne, elders, 24 elders, and I saw the cherubim in heaven. He just sees a vision of heaven. And then he says, I saw one that sat on the throne, but nobody, and then he was given a book, but nobody in heaven on earth was, willing to op- was um, worthy to open the book. But then he said, I saw a lamb as it were slain. And because of what the lamb did, he was worthy to open the book. And then he goes to open the seals. So John just seeing simply a vision of the future. And then he goes into the seals. In chapter 7, he goes through the revival chapter, the 144,000 and the multitude, no man can number, that were all in heaven and that uh, had came out of the great tribulation. And then it wraps up in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1 and 5. So it's not a, this happens first, then this. It just is a vision of heaven of what's, of what's coming, a vision of the future. And if you look at it from that, then it makes perfect sense. Now, I'm going to give you another account of, of something like this in the book of Revelation and an example of this. We'll do that when we get back from the break to kind of give you an idea how things can kind of jump back and forth. And if you don't know how to follow them, you're going to be messed up. But I'm going to show you how to do it. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, to prove my point, I'm going to give you another example of this. In one of the accounts of the unveiling of Jesus Christ, there are four. There's Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 8, verse 1 and 5. And then from Revelation chapter 8 through chapter 11 is the second account. Revelation chapter 12 through 14 is the third account. And then Revelation um, 15 all the way over into 19 is the fourth account. Okay? So I'm going to be in 12 to 14 here, the third account, where it wraps up in 14 at the simultaneous harvest. But in Revelation 12, 1, I'll show you how these are not in chronological order. Revelation 12, 1 uh, through 14, 20 contains the third account of the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It begins with a woman with 12 stars around her head. I'm in 12 now. The woman is the nation of Israel. The 12 stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel. In Revelation 12, 2, Israel is travailing to have a child. John reveals what happens next. He says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew out the third part of the stars from heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. That's Revelation 12, verse 3 through 4. The dragon with the seven heads and ten horns is Satan himself. The world governing uh, body is made in the image of Satan. It tells us plainly uh, that it's Satan in, later in uh, Revelation 12, 9. The dragon stood before the woman Israel to devour the child, that was about to be born. Well, if you understand the account of the birth of Jesus, that's when this happened. Uh, the child that was going to be born was Jesus. The account depicts Israel giving the world its Messiah. And Revelation 12, 5 foretells the birth of Jesus. And the Bible says, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up into God, unto God and to his throne. So the child was Jesus. Revelation 19, uh, 15 states that Jesus is the one who will rule the nations with the rod of iron. So it's interesting that Satan attempted to kill Jesus at the time of his birth and God preserved him. That's what this is talking about. And the man Christ Jesus was ultimately caught up to God and to his throne. Well, did Satan tried to kill Jesus as soon as he was born. Yes, what actually happened, Herod the Great attempted to kill Jesus as he was born. But obviously, you know the story. I'm not going to go through it, but God is always one step ahead of Satan, right? 
And all of these events fulfilled were spoken by John when he was told that the dragon stood before the woman to devour her child as soon as he was born. Now that was 2,000 years ago, right? But then you jump ahead in one verse, you're going to jump ahead 2,000 years. If you look closely at verse 5, or I should say the first five verses of Revelation 12, because we're going to suddenly skip 2,000 years, there are 2,000 years between Revelation 12.5 and Revelation 12.6. The scriptures say, And she brought forth a man-child and was to rule all the uh, nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up into God and his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared for God that they should uh, feed her there for 1,203 score days. That's Revelation 12.5 and 6. So how do we know God jumps 2,000 years between verses 5 and 6? Because verse 6 says that Satan will persecute the woman for 1,260 days. Well, when we see this number in the Bible, every time that I'm aware of, it always refers to the final three and one-half years immediately preceding the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth. In in verse 6, we begin the final three and one-half years of the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the remainder of chapter 12 happens during the final three and one-half years, and that really helps us to understand what happens next. You get to the war in heaven. We're still in Revelation 12 here, and it talks about um, Michael and his archangels overcome Satan and their angels, bound them to the earth. The Bible says, hey, rejoice in you that are in heaven, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. And he persecutes the woman, which in that, for the 1260 days, persecutes the woman for time, times, and half a time. And those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. So here you have, in the beginning, the first five verses, that's 2,000 years ago. Then in verse 6, you jump 2,000 years to the final three and one half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's chapter 12. It culminates with the great tribulation. However, and that ends Revelation chapter 12. Well then, but remember I said Revelation chapter 12 through 14 is the third account of the second coming of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So Revelation 12 ends with the great tribulation, but then Revelation 13, which is a parenthetical chapter, an explanatory chapter, goes into the world government, world religion, and the mark of the beast. So Remember when I told you that the events jump back and forth because of the parenthetical portions of this. Well, in Revelation 13, 3, it says that I saw one of its heads as it were wounded nigh unto death. It's talking about the world governing beast, the seven-headed ten-horned beast. And so according to verse 1, the beast has seven heads. Verse 3 says, I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death, and the deadly wound was healed and all the world wandered after the beast. So the seven heads represent the perfect combination of the four beasts from Daniel 7 without the eagle. You got the head of the lion, the bear, the four heads of the leopard, and the ten-horned beast. So all the nations, Great Britain, Russia, Germany, and the revived Holy Roman Empire, which are presently known 
um, they are going to form the end time one world government of the Antichrist, the new world order. But then it says, remember in Revelation 13, 3, all the world wandered after the beast after the deadly wound was healed. And so the entire world will wander after the new world order, the world government, once that um, deadly wound is healed. So then you say, well, what's the deadly wound, right? Well, again, remember Revelation 13, 3, I saw one of his heads. The heads were nations. They represent nations as it was wounded unto death. The deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. What happened to the United Nations? What does Revelation 13, 3 mean? It means one of the seven heads was wounded, as it were, almost to death. One of the nations. So what does it mean when it says the entire world wandered after the beast? What does all that mean? Well, looking back at the prophecy and knowing, we taught this many times, but we can identify which one of the seven heads was wounded unto death and how it was healed and how it became the new world order. Uh, The Bible says again, I I saw one of the heads that was wounded unto death, the deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. It's not saying the beast or the Antichrist was killed. It says one of the seven heads of the beast was wounded unto death. The only way for us to know which head was wounded unto death or what the deadly wound was is for us to know what the heads are. Okay, so just a brief um, synopsis here. Let me summarize it all up before the end of the program. We know that, understanding the Bible prophecy, and this is one of the, the lessons that we teach all the time, the nation of Germany, after World War II, the Berlin Wall was built because the nation of Germany had started the last three major wars on the earth. Franco-German War of 1870, World War I, World War II. So the Berlin Wall was built as a, after World War II, and it was a wound through the country. And it was built because people started to hemorrhage uh, from the communist portion, uh, communist-controlled portion over into the uh, allied-controlled um, portion. There was a great hemorrhage of people, so they, <coughs> they built the Berlin Wall. So, the Berlin Wall, the healing of the deadly wound, that was the deadly wound of the nation of Germany, the third head on um, the the four-headed leopard in Revelation 13, the world governing body. The Berlin Wall was torn down in 1989, which was the healing of the deadly wound. 20 days after that, uh, Pope John Paul II Gorbachev and George H.W. Bush came out of their meetings talking about and announcing the birth of the new world order. The Bible says when the deadly wound was healed, the two Germanies would reunite. That would be the catalyst that would launch us into the new world order or the world government. That's exactly what happened. Now, here's my point. That was in 1989. The third third account of the unveiling of Jesus Christ is Revelation 12 through 14. In 12, the chapter 12 culminates with the great tribulation, the final three and one half years prior to the second coming. Then you put a, an explanatory chapter, a parenthetical chapter in there, 13. And it talks about the healing of the deadly wound, which happened in 89. That's a past event. 
the great tribulation is a future event. But it tells about the great tribulation in 12, then about the Berlin Wall in 13. Then it jumps back into the story and you come right back to it in 14. It talks about the 144,000 again and it culminates with the simultaneous harvest where the reapers are sending with their sickles to reap the harvest of the earth and the vine of the earth. And they're all, the vine of the earth is cast into the great wine press of the wrath of God, which is a, a um, symbolic of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. But you understand that the great tribulation was taught in 12, the tearing down of the blim wall, which happened before that, is in 13. So if you look at the book of Revelation like this and you understand how it's all segmented and dissected and everything, once you understand it, it really becomes pretty easy. That's why we have sold so many of these Revelation commentaries that Irvin Baxter did just before he passed because it explains all of this in great detail and it helps you to understand the book of Revelation. Man, I know this has been a lot of information today, but I hope you got my points. And I hope the guy uh, gets his answer. I think Doug Norvell is going to work with him to get him the answer uh, after this program because it's so easy to see once you understand that something can happen in Revelation 4 prior to something in Revelation 6 and 7 that really doesn't take place till after that because it's easy. It's simply a vision of the future. Things will happen all along the way. It's just John. This is what's going to happen in the future. I'll tell you about something now that's going to happen 2,000 years from now. And then later I'll tell you something that happens in just the very near future, i.e. the opening of the white horse, which was about 300 to 325 A.D., the white horse spirit, the first seal. So you can see that the book of Revelation, don't look at it from a chronological standpoint from 4 to 22. You're going to be very messed up if you do that. Look at it as a vision of the future and events that will happen leading to the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Once you do that, it becomes really pretty easy to understand. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.